All right, we're having a little glitching there, but we're back with another daily episode of the Daily Dose of Grace, and we're continuing in our series this week on communion. And so as we talk a little bit about communion today, I would love to connect with you. Let me know that you're watching. Let me know that folks are online. Uh, thanks for chatting and messaging like you do always. Um, I will get to a few of those if I can, and we'll get back into just the nitty gritty of all that's going on today. I uh, hope you guys are having a great day. And again, today we're talking about communion and what communion is. And yesterday, just for a recap, while folks are jumping online, just for a recap, yesterday we talked about a little bit of the historical background of of communion. The communion is based off this idea of animal sacrifice that happened in the Old Testament, that there was so much blood in the Old Testament because there was so much sin, and blood was then a way to wash away sin, and that these old animal sacrifices uh, led up to this idea of Passover, or Passover happened and God's people who were in bondage, they were told they were going to be free. In order to be free, they had to paint the blood of the lamb over their doorposts, and that blood would signify that they were safe, and that they were held off from the death angel, and they were supposed to eat the roasted lamb as strength for the journey. And then Jesus is said to be the lamb of God that was slain before the very foundation of the world. So he's that Passover lamb that literally committed his life to the cause before the foundation of the world. So that's a brief recap of where we were at yesterday as we're talking about communion. And so today we're going to move on uh, to a, an, ex, uh, an example that I think is very important. So often in communion, uh, especially when we get tied up in the idea of communion, we come to the table over and over again, right? So many of us grow up in traditions or churches where we come to the communion table often, right? We don't come just once or twice. We come all the time. We come once a month, or some of us come every week to the table. And I think for some of us, we hear that, okay, God wants to instill in us the promises of God. Good morning. Good to see you there, uh, Crystal. Uh, but we want to instill the promises of God in our life, and we know that they're promised to us based on what happened in the action of Passover, and then Jesus ratifying that as communion at the Last Supper. So we see all that kind of take place. But <clears throat> many times we come to the table over and over and over again, and we haven't gotten what is right for hours. I'm going to ask everybody that's watching, whether you're watching now or watching later, go ahead and share this with other folks. And I'm going to do that as well. Uh, I'm going to say live now, talking about communion. Boom. Look at that. Techno oh, I think I misspelled something. Whatever. Too much technology at our fingertips anymore. It keeps us too connected. <clears throat> anyway, as other folks are dropping on you know, we we want to understand this idea that, you know, it's God's business when he turns on the juice. So we come to the table of communion. We understand the promises of God are yes and amen. They're for today, they're for yesterday, they're forever. We understand that what's been paid for, that we are a part of in this action of communion. Yet sometimes we don't see the promises exactly when and how we want them. Sometimes we don't experience exactly what we want when and how we want it. And there's a doctrine, this, this idea of importunity that we see in scriptures, this repeated and annoying request. 
In fact, Jesus has a parable about it. It's incredibly important for us to understand and learn. But this doctrine or this idea that's within Scripture of importunity, that we come to God and we come to him consistently, naggingly with our requests. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke 18, verse 1 through 8. We're going to read that. I'm going to read it. It's not going to come up on the screen because there's just too much there, but I'm going to read it. It's the parable that Jesus told his disciples of the unjust judge. So it starts like this. Jesus, I'm going to read directly from my screen so you see my eyes go down, but Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said this, or Jesus said this, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared for the people. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea. Grant me justice against my adversary, she would say. For some time, the unjust judge, he refused. But finally, he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about these people, Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me again. And the Lord said, listen, or Jesus said to his disciples as part of this story, listen to what the unjust judge said. I will not, I, I will, uh, and will not God, sorry, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones, as Jesus is saying, who cry out to him day and night. Will he put them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, and Jesus ends this with this, however, the son of man comes. Will he find faith on the earth? So we talk about this idea of communion, that we come to the table, we come to it often. Jesus gives us a parable in this idea of importunity, that we would come naggingly and annoyingly before the throne of God. Listen, we understand the promises of God are yes and amen. We understand they're ours. We understand Jesus paid the price. But when we're not seeing something happen in our life, it doesn't mean we stop. So many people take communion as a religious action or activity, and they've stopped believing God for all that he has for them. They've stopped believing God for all that he can do in their life. The story of the unjust judge is Jesus's way of telling us, come to the table of communion, come and make your requests known before God, and come and make them often. Because as you come, you even, listen, he's saying, listen, an unjust judge, someone who doesn't care about God or care about God's people, would at least answer the call because he doesn't want to be bothered anymore. How much more will our Father in heaven hear us when he comes to rescue us when we're consistent? In fact, Jesus says it in the last part of the story that we read in verse 18. He says, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? What he's saying is, will he find people who are willing to be like this widow and come and to keep coming and to keep coming and to keep coming? So my admonishment today is simple, right? The promises of God, they're yes and amen. They're yours to take hold of. The character nature of Christ being displayed in communion is real and it's yours. And we have a right to take hold of this character nature of Christ in communion. But as this story we read in Luke chapter 18 and verse 1 through 8, the unjust judge, will we keep coming to the table with our request being made known to God in this action of communion? In this action, this legally binding action of communion, where we take hold of the promises of God, will we come to the table consistently and say, God, I demand justice? Listen, Jesus bears out the story very clearly. The unjust judge gave her what she wanted. He didn't care about her. He didn't care about God. 
But because she kept coming, she was granted what she wanted. In the same way, we have to keep coming to the table. In fact, that's the point of today. Come to the table and come often. You haven't gotten what you're seeking from God? Come to the table of communion. Take it in your home. Take it at church. Take it whenever you feel the urge or the need. Take it anytime you feel depressed or you feel that God is far from you. Take communion anytime you feel that the promises of God are not handed to you the way you're expecting. Take communion and re-solidify in your life that God's promises are yes and amen, that he will do what he says he will do. Take communion to settle in your heart the idea that God is on your side, that he wants good things for you. Take communion to believe that God is who he, say, who he says he is, that the table is real. The table of communion is real, that when you come, the promises of God are laid out in front of us, that the price has already been paid, that the cross has already won the victory. Now we take communion, we ingest the blood, we ingest the body. Because we believe as we're taking communion, those promises of God are being poured back down on us again and again and again. And even if you're not experiencing it the way you expect, it's time to come to God naggingly, annoyingly with communion elements in hand, remind him of what he did on the cross and say, God, I'm coming after those promises. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give up. Be that woman in front of that unjust judge. Be that woman that Jesus gave us as an example of that un, in, in that story of the unjust judge. Be that woman who keeps coming to the table. One of the problems I see when people take communion is they take it with no thought. They just, and we're going to talk about this uh, tomorrow about how we're supposed to think of ourselves and how we're supposed to actually, the Bible says that we should, we should watch ourselves as we take communion or that we should look over ourselves, inspect ourselves. Otherwise we take it. And the Bible says some take it, they take on damnation and they, afterwards they pass. What does that actually mean? We're going to talk about that a little more tomorrow because it's not what you think it means. It's not a judgmental thing, but it is referring back to this idea. Are we taking communion consistently with the attitude that God is God, he is just, and he will do what he says he will do? Or are we taking communion as a religious activity just to bide the time or to feel like we crossed all of our religious T's, dotted all of our religious I's in order to get our religious service over for the weekend? I want to encourage you today, regardless of where you find yourself in taking communion, man, go after it for real. Take what God has given you, the promises that he's given you. Be like this widow who won't give up in front of that unjust judge. Keep coming to the table. Jesus said specifically, verse 18, verse 18, Luke 18, Will he find someone who's faithful like this widow woman? Will he find someone who's willing to come before him constantly, making their requests known? Come with the elements of communion. Come consistently and watch God answer your prayers in ways and means that you never thought possible. Man, it's I hope this was inspiring for you today. I hope you, you got the idea of what we're talking about today. I hope it really sank in your heart because we mean it. We mean this in full truth that if you keep coming to God, your requests known, keep hinging on that promise of communion. God's going to do amazing things in your heart and your life. Man, we love you. Thank you for being with us this morning. We would love for you to share the broadcast to friends and family. That helps get the word out as to what we're doing. So like, comment, request something else that you want us to talk about maybe over the next couple of weeks. I try to do something super Bible-based, um, but if you want me to do something cultural, that's fine as well. We can hit on some of those things. Uh, no election stuff right now. Uh, it's just not the time. We can do that before, you know, after or whatever. 
Um, but we'd love to talk about uh, different things that are hitting you in your world. I thought this was a good one because so many people just don't have a good understanding of what communion is really about. So anyway, thank you guys. Get connected with the true essence of what communion is. Don't see it as just a religious service or structure or just religious propaganda or some religious prop. See it for what it really is. God investing in his people. Remember, remember, there's that idea of consubstantiation, that the presence of God is combined with these elements when we take them, and it transforms our life forever. Amen? Amen. Well, it's good to see everybody this morning. And again, if you have any questions or comments, go ahead and make those known. You can direct messages, however that would work for you. And we will see you tomorrow.